R.C. Morris coming to you live from Fishbowl Radio Network from Denton, Texas. You know, I, I, I talked to my board operator and, you know, go Texas, go Texas, go Texas. World Series of Baseball, first time. That's awesome. That is awesome. But I, uh, it's short-lived, though, because, again, I'm an Eagle fan. And I'm everything Eagles. So we're good with that. So I just wanted to give you guys a shout out real quick. Today we will be talking about spiritual warfare. Okay. What does prayer have to do with spiritual warfare? It has everything to do with it. This is part three. If you miss part one and two, I tell you to go to Fishbowl Radio Network, FBRN.us. Look up Larry C. Mars show, and there's archives there, and you can get a hold to it. And I may shift it to a YouTube channel because it's important. One of the things about spiritual warfare, it's every day, every single day. And we're going to deal with that. But first, let's pray. Dear only Father, we love you. We thank you. God, you are so awesome. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Heavenly Father, how you brought us together. And God, as this word uh, uh, comes forth, God, I pray it would reach millions, God, and it would begin to transform the hearts of so many that they have power and authority over the sin that so easily beset them and over the power of the enemy. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And again, you know, um, Please, whatever you do, always, when you're studying the word, always have pencil, paper, and your Bible so you can follow along. And then when you're done, you go home and you go back and you just study. You study your notes. You study the word to make sure what you're receiving is very true. You know, I talked a little bit about that, you know, last week. You know, that's part of warfare. You know, how can you stand firm in warfare and you don't know the word of God? You're not rooted and settled in the word of God. You have no relationship in the word of God. And then you're always getting beat up, but yet blame it on something else. So you have to know and study your word. So, you know, as as we deal with this, you know, um, a couple of days, it, it's been kind of hard for me, uh, but I, I'm, I'm dealing with this off of the being rooted and grounded in Jesus as we should. And I'm going to give you an example. I don't do this all the time, but this was personal. And I'm going to share this, you know, spiritual warfare deals with the majority of time people's emotions. They're being led by a spirit, okay? The spirit they're being led by is evil, evil. It is derivative of sin. It comes from Satan. Spiritual warfare that comes against believers is sin. It's full of sin, and you have to understand that because it it deals with, it, it tears up your emotional state. You know, it breaks you down, not only mentally, but some it, it gets you spiritually, but it also 
breaks your body down. Spiritual warfare can break your body all the way down, okay? Spiritual warfare is toxic. It is unhealthy. It is full of lies and deceit and discouragement. It is evil. It's full of distractions. And it actually compounds other matters. So if you don't deal with the warfare, other matters are in there and it's compounded and it gets worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. But I'm going to tell you this, and you're going to see it in the scriptures today and all the scriptures that we went through the last two sessions is Jesus Christ has given you the power and authority in spiritual warfare, spiritual, Jesus Christ, okay? You have to understand and be in relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. Then you have authority to use the name of Jesus Christ. And then not only using his name, you understand the power of his blood, okay? And then you understand the power of his word. And then you understand the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the power to destroy the warfare that is coming at you. You have that power, and it's all in Jesus Christ. And where does it boil down to? It comes to the power of your salvation. Yes, your salvation gives you the power because Jesus Christ destroyed the power of sin. And not only did he destroy that, he reconciled you. He puts you back to the path of an open door to the Father. And then on top of that, we have the power of the Holy Spirit that is right there to help you and I to achieve a relationship in the Father so that we can hear the voice of God and then we obey and apply what he tells us. So I want you to be set. I want you to be ready. Spiritual warfare is real. It is every day. You look around, spiritual warfare is all over the place, okay? These spirits engulf and and and, and, and line themselves in people's minds and even in their hearts for destruction. The Bible tells us the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Not only does he do that against Christians, but he does that in sinners' lives. He destroys their lives. So you have to understand what I'm talking. This is spiritual warfare. Because, you know, uh, I think next week I'll really deal with, you know, the armor and the, 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 the deepness of the victory, what we have. But right now, I want to, you to deal with the power of Jesus Christ in spiritual warfare. Things that you probably don't hear when someone preaches or teaches about spiritual warfare is the power of Jesus Christ in you. Yes, in you. So you have to understand that that power, lies. it's in you. It's in you. He is in you. The spirit of the living God is in you. And we're going to deal with some scriptures, but um, <clears throat> I want to deal with something that happened several years ago, and the Lord brought it back to my attention as I teach this thing, what spiritual warfare can do to a family 
And then the victory, the victory of it. You know, my brother, Wayne Marsh, and we I call him Butch, passed away a couple of years ago. I miss my brother. The day would have been his birthday. I miss my brother. I truly miss him. He was ah, he was my brother, really, brother. He knew the Lord and everything. And you know, he's in joy with Jesus now. But I want to take you back a few more years to his wife, Rochelle. And, you know, she was sick. And both of them didn't know what to do. But, you know, they called me. I came out to Washington from Virginia. And I spent some time with them. And I could understand and see and know the spiritual warfare. Because not only did she have cancer, but her heart was broken twice. See, spiritual warfare has a way of breaking you. Breaking you. Even you as a believer, as a Christian. You know, I have not told this story. I know I talked to Butch beforehand, you know, during this and everything. And I was able to share it. Uh, with a few other people there. But what had happened is, not only did she have cancer, but she was firmly rejected by her church and her family. Spiritual warfare. Remember I told you, spiritual warfare is consumed with lies and discouragement. It's unhealthy, it's toxic, and it compounds other matters. And it got to the point where she wouldn't sleep. She couldn't sleep. She was afraid to sleep. And my brother had to go to work. So what I told him, I says, well, what happens is you sleep, I stay up. Okay. So that, because he had to go to work and he was frustrated because in the warfare that was going on, he too was rejected by his church. Because you see that world warfare is hard. It's decisive. It's in the church. It's in the church. It's it, it's spirits that use and take advantage of distractions, take advantage of disobedience, takes advantage of shortcomings. It takes advantage of every open door that you allow him to come through. He will send some warfare there. So one day, you know, again, she was sick. I had to take, I was taking care of both of them. And I asked her one day, I said, why don't you want to go to sleep? And what she told me floored me. She said, I'm afraid that I will never wake up. And I was like, wow. So we talked a little bit. We prayed a lot. We talked. And I asked her to write some things down. And she wrote some things down that hurt her, that, that, that distracted her. And she, it was two pages of legal paper, two pages. I showed it to my brother. We prayed. And I said I would talk with her. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. You know, and she had to go to the bathroom. So we, 
She went to the bathroom and I could hear her in there just praying, crying out to God. And she came out and she said, I now have peace. Because see, what had happened is as we talked and prayed, my heart was centered in Jesus. All we talked about through that whole day and night was Jesus Christ, was the word, was Jesus. Once she realized that she is an overcomer, that she could overcome the warfare that was come against her, she was able to have peace because of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus Christ. And the same thing with my brother. You know, he was hurt. He was hurt. But what happened was, you know, being there and everything, she did get sick. She got worse. And then she passed away October 31st. Halloween night. And then in turn, what really got me was he was able, they were able to celebrate their first year anniversary. That's only Jesus. She was coherent enough to celebrate that just the September, August, September, I think it was, or October. I, uh, September or October 1, I can't remember the date because I, 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 I did the service for them the year before. But, you know, in all of that, what I'm sharing with you is Jesus. Jesus. I stayed with my brother. You know, I bought him a little cake because his birthday would have been today. Today, November the 2nd. I stayed. All we did was talk about Jesus. All he, we did. And he actually, you know, he was in a ministry called City Gates. And they actually helped him rise up from the warfare because he loved what he did. He loved ministering, ministering to the homeless. He loved it. So they, they turned around and loved him back. See, you have to understand through warfare, it will discourage you and separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. And that happens. So what I'm sharing with you is that even though things happen and they look bad, Jesus Christ is your savior. He's your Lord. He's the power of your salvation. He's the horn of your strength. He is everything that you need in God, to God. So you have to understand the power of spiritual warfare. Yes, it is evil. There's a lot of evilness there. But inside of a believer, you have Jesus Christ. You have the Father. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the Word. You have everything that you need, but you just have to know what you have. That's why I wrote that book, Rejoicing in My Salvation, Unrolling the Bundle, so you would know everything that Jesus has given you through the power of salvation. There's a whole lot more, but I wanted to give you the foundation of something so great that in most cases, you don't learn in church. In most cases, they don't have discipleship training. I'm talking about Jesus training. I'm not talking about church training and work. 
which is good. But people need to know about Jesus because other than when you go out into the world, you go to work, you go there, there's warfare out there. If no one teaches you about Jesus Christ and the power of your salvation, the authority that has been given to you, then you get whipped, you get war. There's a whirlwind of sin. So we have to understand this. And the same for my brother. You know, we talked and we walked this thing out. Jesus. So you have to understand the power of Jesus brings you and raises you above. Why? Because you're engrafted into the vine. You're engrafted in Jesus Christ. You have the power and authority. Even though warfare is all around you, you still have power and authority to defeat the wiles of the devil, to defeat the tactics, to defeat this warfare that comes against you. So I want to take you and, you know, sometimes we look at this and, and there are some scriptures. There are some scriptures that that I, I want to read to you, you know, and and, and it's 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 awesome. You know, Second uh, Chronicles, because I've heard some people say, well, you know, spiritual warfare, they don't really believe it. But. I'm going to just take you to a spot in the Old Testament, okay, in uh, uh, Jehoshaphat, and Second uh, Chronicles chapter 18, and you see where Jehoshaphat, he made a league or he came in to union with a sinful king. See, you have to understand who you're with, your surround. you have to know your surroundings, even though God was with him. He chose to, to be in a, uh, an alliance with Ahab. Ahab was not a good king, okay? So in that, you he opened the door for warfare, okay? Because they were gone to war. But this is what happened. I, 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 Micah, you know, was the prophet. And the king, Ahab, does not like Micah, because Micah tells the truth. Micah doesn't do like the other prophets do. Always, uh, you know, uh, tell the king what he wants to hear. Micah doesn't. Micah only speaks what God tells him to speak. So King Ahab does not like him whatsoever. But at that moment, Jehoshaphat asked, is there a prophet from the Lord, of the Lord, that he can see after, he can seek after? So what happens is they call for Micah. King Ahab mocks him because he doesn't like him. But this is what Micah had to say. I'll start with verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 18, starting verse 14. And when he was come to the king, the king said unto Micah, Shall we go into Ramoth Gilead to battle? Or shall I forbear? And he said, go ye up and prosper, and they shall be delivered in thy hand. And the king said unto him, how many times shall I adjure you or command ye thee that they say nothing but the truth to me in the name of the Lord? He knew Micah wasn't telling the truth. 
Then he said, then he said, I did see all Israel scattered upon the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let them return, therefore, every man to his own house in peace. Here we go. Verse 16. Then he said, I did see all Israel. I'm sorry. This is verse 17. And the king of Israel, <laughs> the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, did I not tell thee that he would not pros prophesy good unto me, but evil? Remember, Israel was in a, uh, 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 Israel was in a disobedient state at this time. Israel was not following God. They were disobedient. King Ahab was disobedient to God. That's who was ruling Israel at the time. And here we go. Verse 18. Again, he said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. This is Micah talking. Listen to this carefully. Some of you who don't believe in spiritual warfare, I want you to listen carefully. And again, I said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne and all the host of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, who shall entice King Ahab of Israel? that he may go up and fall, be killed at Ramoth Gilead. And one spake saying this after this manner and another saying after that manner. And there came out a spirit. Listen to this. They came out a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. Yeah. Isn't that something? I will entice him. And the Lord said unto him, wherewith? And he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, thou shalt entice him and thou shalt also prevail. Go out and do even so. Isn't that something? <clears throat> Verse 22. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil against thee. Now, all the prophets had told King that he would go up and have victory. But, see, spiritual warfare will distract, discourage, and even kill. Okay? So you need to understand spiritual warfare is real. But what I want to do is really give you some basic strength foundation of scriptures so that you can understand the power that you have in Jesus to fight the good fight of faith, to do the spiritual fight. This is why prayer is so important. I want you to take these scriptures and I want you to really digest them and pray over them. Pray in them so that you understand that you know that you know that you know that you have a relationship in Jesus Christ and he is the strength of your foundation. I want you to get that. Okay. Colossians chapter one, verses 20 and 23. And having made peace through the blood of his cross 
by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things on earth and things in heaven. And ye that were sometimes, listen to this, and we were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. You see, we were wicked. Understand something before you, for salvation, you were wicked. You were an enemy of the cross. Yes. But now we have been reconciled by the blood and the works of Jesus Christ in the body of his flesh through death <clears throat> to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue, this is key. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which we have preached to every creature which is under heaven, wherefore I, Paul, am made a minister. See, it's, it, it's up to you. You've got to stay rooted and grounded, rooted and settled in the word, in the heart of Jesus Christ, in the heart of God. How do you do that? You study the word, you obey the word, you allow yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit. You yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. And then you begin to work as the Holy Spirit leads you to put some work in. That's how you're rooted and grounded. Because when the wind comes, you wanna make sure that you're rooted and grounded in the rock. The rock is Jesus Christ. He is the solidness of your foundation as a believer, okay? It is important. You need to know what he has done. You need to rehearse it. If you have to do it every day, you have to, he shed his blood for you. It's never too old. It's never old to rehearse about the shedding of blood for you, for your salvation. It is personal. It is relational. Okay? So I want you to understand that you now have a relationship in Jesus, in the Holy Spirit, and in the Father. That allows you to, to study the Word and be in the Word and less disobedience. Less. You lessen the disobedience. Colossians 2. 6 through 9. As ye have therefore received Christ, you received him. People say, well, I accepted him. No, you received him into yourself. He's inside of you. He's alive. He's inside of you. It says, I have therefore received Christ as Lord, so walk ye in him. It is a spiritual, supernatural relationship that you have in Jesus Christ. It is so important. Verse seven, rooted and built up in him. See, this is spiritual. This is spiritual, it's not natural. See, I'm telling you, when you study the word, you must study it and know it's supernatural and spiritual because you're a spirit being. Yes, you have a body, but now you have been engulfed and engrafted in a supernatural spiritual vine, which is Jesus Christ. It is so important that you realize that and that you know that you have a relationship 
and Jesus Christ. It says built up in him and established in, in the faith, in the faith. Your faith is not out there. It is in here. It is in you. God has given you the measure of faith. It is inside of you. It's between you and God. It is eternal. It is supernatural. Faith is what we live by. Faith without works is dead. So you have the faith that God has given you. Now it's up to you to study the word, work the word. Study the word, work the word. There's so many people, uh, they talk about being called to ministry. And they give up their job and everything. And they expect other people to take care of them. No, every believer must put some work, do something. Because if you give up what you have, other people start giving up what they have. That's not what it's, this is all about. As believers, there is work to be done. There's always something to be done. And the warfare comes against the work, against the work. Again, what did I tell you? The lies is toxic. It's distractive. It's evil. It breaks down. It breaks you down mentally, spiritually, and physically. So you have to grow in your spirit. And what flows from your spirit goes to your, your, your mind, your soul, and your body. All of that is Jesus Christ. This is why we have to study and be in the word. Verse 8, beware lest any man spoil you. Here he goes. The spiritual warfare. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The whole body of the Godhead dwells within you. So see, it's up to you. It says here, beware. You have, I, I'll underline that again. Beware lest any man spoil you. See, you have to know that you're rooted and grounded in Jesus because there's some stuff that sounds so, oh, it sounds so convincing. It sounds so good. And people say it makes sense. Yes, it may make sense in your mind, but if you don't find it in the scriptures and the Holy Spirit doesn't seal it in your heart, then it's wrong. It is wrong. I'm telling you, there's some stuff out there today that's coming from the pulpit in the church that is hideous. So you have, you know you have to study the word to know that you're in the right church where the word is being preached, taught, and applied. Apply from the top all the way down to the bottom. That's where you need to be. Ephesians 3. 16, 16 through 21, verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. And we know this is part of, of, a, of a prayer. Strengthen with might by his spirit in the what? Inner man, inner man. See, the strength of Jesus is inside of us. The spirit of the living God is inside of you. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. He dwells in there by the faith that God has given you. 
By faith, you know that you have a relationship with the Father. By faith, you know that he loves you, that you have grace, that you have mercy, that you have that in abundance. By faith, you know that when you pray, you can get into the heart of God. By faith, you know that the power of the Holy Spirit is there to guide you and lead you to all righteousness. That ye being rooted and grounded in, in love, in love, that love is deep. No one has ever touched that love. That love is between you and the Father, you and the Father. It's like you and the Father, spiritual. It's like you're in the heart of his love. You are the heart of his love. You're the apple of his eye. Every believer should know that I'm in, you're in the love of God, the heart of God, that big love, that agape love that love that never, ever changes, that love that heals, delivers, and sets you free. That's powerful. You have that love inside of you because you're rooted and grounded in love. 18, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth and the height. And to know, to know here, to have that, know the love of Christ. That means have that relationship in his love. Because see, before you can love anybody, you need to know how much Jesus Christ loves you. It's, it's personal. This love is personal. Because when you know how much he loves you, that love goes deep. That love begins to strip away some of the pain and the hurt that you've had. That love is perfect. Perfect. And you must allow that love the love of Jesus Christ to enter into the deep crevices of your heart. And see, how does that happen? By studying the word and allowing the Holy Spirit to help you. Because sometimes we have to be cry out to God because sometimes we hurt so bad. We've been hurt or we've hurt others. We've been discouraged. But when you begin to cry out for the love of Jesus Christ in you, then you allow him to get in there and to begin to heal what is broken. See, this is why we are, you, you need to know about the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, the cross, the love, everything you need to know. Because when things happen, you can cry, Abba, Father. You, you, you get all of that he has inside of you. And then you can come out clean and victorious. Yes, you can come out healed, delivered, and set free. And one of the things about deliverance and being set free, you need to know how to stay free, stay free, stay healed. And the way you do that is submit your life, everything, to the power of the Holy Spirit, because he will keep you in the love of Jesus Christ. He will keep you in the blood of Jesus. He will keep you in everything, Jesus Christ so that you get in the presence of God and you stay there a while and then you listen to the voice of God. You say, hey, what does this have? It has everything to do with spiritual warfare because you need to know your value in Jesus Christ. You need to know the authority and the power that he's giving you so that you can fight the good fight of faith. You need to know that. Because there are warfares out there. This is what I had to share with Rochelle and my brother. The power of Jesus Christ. And I guarantee you, even though she passed, she was free. 
because she said she was free after she prayed. After we talked about Jesus Christ. And even my brother, you know, uh, uh, before he passed, a year before he passed, he was he was with me on a radio. I'm sorry, on a teleconference line. He got on that line and I mean, he enjoyed himself. And, you know, um, he had a notebook from the day he joined that. Uh, uh, phone call. It was a prayer line. The day he joined, he wrote down, he had a notebook, a notebook paper, and he wrote notes. He wrote notes every single day. We were on there five days a week. Now, mind you, it was in Pennsylvania. He's in Washington. Three-hour time difference. He would be there every day. Sometimes we would hear him snore. And it would be okay because he would at least, at least he would be on the line. And sometimes people would get distracted. But I, I would say this. Don't worry about him sleeping because in his mind and those minds that people would fall asleep, they would digest and take in the word of God. And then wake up refreshed. I'm telling you. And he would take notes. He would take avid notes. How do I know? When he passed away, I saw the notebook. I saw the notebook. This is why it is so important. And he would talk to me. He said, man, I, you know, we would talk almost every day being grateful for one another, being grateful for the word. I'm telling you, spiritual warfare is rough but yet you have power and authority. He says, and the love of God and the fullness. Now to him, now verse 20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that what? Worketh in us. See, there's power that works in you. We can do a lot of things, but you need to know that power that works in you. You need to know that the power of the Holy Spirit is ready. You need to know that when you're in prayer, God wants to speak to you about you, about your perdition, about everything around you so that you can begin to apply what he tells you. Okay, let's read this thing because we're always talking about how much, oh, he can do a exceedingly abundantly above. He can, but see, it also says, according to the power that works in us, the power that works in us is our obedience and the, our application. We are to do some work. The Bible tells us we're engrafted in the vine, and being engrafted in the vine means that there are some work. The Bible tells us that we are to bear fruit, and then sometimes there's a pruning process so that we can bear more fruit. This fruit comes from Jesus Christ. It comes from the work that we're supposed to do. And, it, and Jesus flows through us in this work. And verse 21, unto him be glory of the church by Christ Jesus through all ages, world without end. Amen. Okay. Uh, I've got a few minutes, but I, I want you to understand the power. I, I'm, I'm getting you set. I'm setting you up for victory in warfare. John 15. John 15, 
5 through 15. And someone said, man, you read a lot of scriptures. That's what you have to live by. If you can only read one scripture and think you can get everything, oh, there's a, uh, 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 you need to read the top, bottom, below. You need to be a student of the word of God. John 15, 5 through 15. Here we go. We talked about this earlier. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth, that means we're just going to spend some time. It's not just a jump in and jump out. No, abiding means I'm going to spend some time. It says, he that abideth in me. See, this is spiritual. This is supernatural. And I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withered. And men gathered them and cast them into the fire, and they are burnt. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, the abiding, I'm spending time in God, I'm spending time in the word. <clears throat> now, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. But we, we talk about that, well, well, I can ask God anything. <clears throat> but did you read above? It says, if you abide in me and I and my words abide in you. That means you have to understand you. there's some word there that you have to study and you have to know. Because the more you study God's word, the more your will is submissive to his will. And the more his will takes over your life, then you begin to ask according to his will, and he'll do it. He'll do it. You ask according to the word. That's why I teach you when you pray, you pray the word. You must know scripture and pray the word. God, God speaks to you from his word so that you can apply his word. Verse eight, herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. You want to glorify God? Put the work in. Put there's some work he's telling you to do. And glorify and bear much fruit so ye shall be my disciples. Here we go. You're disciples of Christ through obedience. Obedience, doing what he tells you to do. And you have to have that relationship. You have to have the power of prayer. You have to be in prayer. Because without prayer, how can you know what he wants you to do? Because he's speaking to you. As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue in my love. See, this is powerful. The love of Jesus Christ is so real. It's in you because it came from the Father to him and he's transferred it to you. So that love is awesome. And so as you get that love, then you're able to love yourself and then turn around, love others as Christ loves you. Okay, that's powerful. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, listen to what he says. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus Christ has never told you to do anything that he has not done and perfected and glorified God in. These things have I spoken to you 
that my joy might remain in you. You, The joy of the Lord is your strength. People say, well, pray my strength of the Lord. No, the joy of the Lord, that inner supernatural joy that no one can touch. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord is your strength and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Ye are my friends. If you do whatsoever I can. See, obedience on our part is key to every blessing. We've got to obey and submit and yield to the power of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit every single day. Verse 15, henceforth, I call you not servants, for servants knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have, I have heard from my father, of my Father, I have made known unto you. Isn't that something? Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. So we have to understand something because I've only got a few minutes and man, full of scriptures. Two more scriptures. Two more scriptures. Mark 1, 32 to 39. And at even the sun did set. They brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devil. See, we you listen, you're going to have this power. You have this power, but you need to know who gave it to you and how to work it. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick with divers disease and cast out many devils. See, spiritual warfare is the enemy, the devils, all of this. People all about, well, can a Christian be uh, uh, succumb to devils and everything? Listen, let me tell you something. You don't have to worry about that. What I want you to be concerned about is your relationship, your relationship in and with Jesus Christ and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And listen to this, the power of prayer. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out, departed to a solitary place and there prayed. And Simon and they followed him, followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, all men seek for thee. And he said unto them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. Check this out. And therefore came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, and cast out the devils that were there. One of the key scriptures that I want you to, 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 to know before we go, John 14, 16, 17, and 26. In spiritual warfare, you have the power of the Holy Spirit that helps you. John 14, 16, 17, and 26. This is Jesus. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. He's given it to you, given him to you, that he may abide with you forever. This is forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because 
they seeth him not, neither know him. But this is the difference. This is, I'm telling you, spiritual warfare. You need to know this, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So see, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, willing and ready to work and, and teach you about Jesus and help you fight the good fight of faith. Verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, so teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. This is why we study the word. This is why you have to know the word. I'm telling you, spiritual warfare, we have victory in it. We have victory. So blessings, I will see you next week. And we will dive into part four of spiritual warfare. Again, share it all over the world. Share, share, share. And I'll see you next Thursday, 2 to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, Fishbowl Radio Network. Blessings. Love you. Pray without ceasing. Enter into that relationship. Blessings.